Hello, and welcome to the Ask Your Therapist podcast, where you can write in to ask all the deep, dark, mortifyingly embarrassing questions that you never actually ask your therapist in person. And you can have them answered here by a selection of guest therapists. You never know. It might be your actual therapist. I'm your host, Kathleen Dennison, just your average person who happens to be in graduate school studying for a master's in clinical psychology. I'm also someone who is in a lot of therapy because therapy is cool. Uh, This is a podcast about therapy, but it is not therapy. It's not a substitute for seeking out the help of a licensed mental health professional. If at any point you find yourself struggling, I encourage you to seek out the help of a licensed mental health professional. With that disclaimer out of the way, I decided that since I do not currently have a guest lined up for this podcast, since it's squeaky, shiny new, I'm going to start this podcast with a confession. So, something that is kind of a taboo in the world of therapy, with the um, uprising of social media, is clients googling their therapists um and particularly clients friend requesting their therapist so ethically your therapist is not allowed to be your friend on social media and quite frankly guys your therapist doesn't want to be your friend on social media i'm sorry if i totally just hurt your feelings um But your therapist doesn't really want to see the ins and outs of your lives because that's going to make it really, really hard for them to maintain the kind of non-judgmental stance that makes them a really good therapist for you. So trust me, you don't want them to be your friend on social media either. But here's my secret. I have totally Googled my therapists, but not to make excuses. It happened innocently. I know, I know. How can Googling your therapist happen innocently? So this is what happened. Um, do you know how Instagram, when you have contacts in your phone, they suggest people to you as friends or for, for you to follow that are contacts in your phone? Yeah, so that happened to me. And one of the suggested people for me to follow was my therapist. And so, um, of course I'm going to look because, yeah, I spend an hour a week in a room with this person and I tell her my deep, dark secrets. Of course I want to know things about her if I can. And it's taboo for me to ask her about herself in the room. So, yeah. I looked. She only had two pictures of herself, which was completely and utterly dissatisfying. Um, yeah. So, I googled her, and, um, I didn't really find out a whole lot that was satisfying. I did find other social media accounts, uh, which were mostly on lockdown, as they should be, um, Because, I mean, ethically, it's probably good for a therapist to maintain some 
anonymity and secrecy right because it probably affects the work that we do with them if we know everything about their lives uh because if we know everything about their lives then we might be trying to take care of them or we might be making assumptions about them during the work or who knows how it could affect the work if we know everything about them so anyway my therapist is a good therapist um and i didn't figure a whole lot out about it but all of this is to say is that therapists know that this is happening but this is something that we don't really talk about a lot because I think it's something that clients will do but they're totally embarrassed about and it's not something that will often get brought into the room because they don't want to admit to their therapist yo I just googled you and guess what I found out I just found out that you're getting a divorce and this happened and this happened no no way we're not caught up into that um so we just don't say anything at all and really our therapists stay none the wiser until you say something you slip up and all of a sudden your therapist is thinking like wait did i tell the client that how do they possibly know that about me and then they realize they must have found me on like social media or the internet or whatever and then your therapist is put in this position where they're thinking okay how do i bring this into the room because clearly it needs to be a part of the work um so it's just a strange thing on both parts for the therapist and the client um mind you I'm only assuming from the therapist's perspective because, again, I'm just a graduate student and I'm just now getting to practicum, so I really don't know what I'm talking about. But I can assume um, from having talked to a lot of therapists that it could be pretty awkward for them trying to navigate that. And I do know that many therapists have gotten friend requests from former clients or current clients and have been like what the heck do i do with this because guys they really care about you they care about your feelings and they don't want to make you feel rejected um and they don't want to make you feel ignored so if they just don't answer your friend request at all they're afraid you're gonna feel ignored and if they outright decline it then you're going to feel rejected. And so then they're thinking, okay, well, then I've got to come up with this middle ground. So I decline the request, but then I need to send them some sort of message to explain the ethics of this and why I did it. <laughs> but then they run into this problem of, if I do this via social media, I'm crossing a boundary. Um, because technically we're not supposed to be speaking on social media and I don't want to set the precedence that it's okay for us to be speaking on social media. Like, oh my geez, there is just so much going on here. So, more than likely the therapist is going to probably reach out 
via email or phone call, or they're just going to let you know in your next session if you're a current client, that per the ethics, they're not allowed to be friends with you on social media uh, because that constitutes a dual relationship and it could interfere with their objectivity um, and it could get in the way of the therapeutic relationship, could get in the way of the work. So, yeah, there is that from the therapist's perspective. But let's look a little bit more at it from the client perspective. Like, what drives us to do a Google search or to do a deep dive on our therapists. Of course, initially we're thinking, I'm just curious, right? Like, that's natural, that's normal, that's okay. We can all get down with that. Curiosity, cool. Like, like I said before, you sit in a room with this person every week, presumably, you share your deep, dark secrets. It's only natural that you would want to know stuff about them. But what if we look at it a little bit deeper than that? Intentional silence. What if there's actually a power play here? What if we're not okay? with our therapists knowing all the things about us? What if some part of us needs to know something about them so that we can feel more secure with them knowing our secrets? Or what if it's something else? Intentional silence here. What if it's actually a way for us to stay in contact with our therapist between sessions because we have such a deep attachment to them and our object, object constancy is such that when we leave the room, it's almost like they completely disappear. And it hurts so badly to be apart from them that we'll do whatever little thing we need to do in order to maintain that closeness and, and to maintain that relationship. It's just so crazy to think that what on the surface level seems like curiosity, like innocent curiosity, could be something so much deeper. And like, oh my gosh, this is the work of therapy, right? Now, 
I don't know that I'm ever going to tell my therapist I googled them. Well, they may at some point stumble upon this podcast, at which point I guess they'll know. But how freaking courageous would it be and how beneficial could it possibly be to tell our therapists, I googled you. Let's talk about what that meant. Because chances are a Google is not just a Google. Chances are curiosity is not just curiosity. Chances are there is so much more that meets the eye. So, I shared my secret with you. And now I encourage you, if you're a client, if you're here listening to this and you have ever Googled your therapist, I challenge you, and you know what, I challenge myself. Let's try to muster up the courage to tell our therapists that we've Googled them. And let's see what happens. Because I'm almost willing to bet it's not going to be as scary as we might think that it is. Like, I don't know anything about your therapist, but I think I, I know my therapist pretty well. And not because I've Googled her. I think I, I know well enough from sitting in the room with her and working with her that... She'll be open, and she'll be receptive, and she won't judge me, and she'll know that it came from a place of need, and she'll want to talk about it, and I know she won't make me feel ashamed, and I have to trust that your therapist won't make you feel ashamed either. So... Let's do it. Fear be damned. Let's tell our therapists. So, I will be checking in with you on that next week. And hopefully, next week will not be a week of me sharing um, deep, dark, juicy secrets with you. I will post in the description a link where you can write in with questions for me that you've always wanted to ask your therapist, or you can write in with confessions, and we can share those too. Um, either way, and we can share those on the podcast next week, and hopefully I can get a guest therapist on to explore those so that we can have an expert position, because I'm not really qualified to answer those sorts of things. Um, since I'm still just a, a baby graduate student. So until next time, keep on thriving, people. If you have any feedback or questions and secrets that you would like featured on our next podcast or any future podcast, you can find us at Ask Your 
AskYourTherapist.com. Again, that's AskYourTherapist.com, all spelled out. On that website, you'll find two forms. One form is the Ask Your Therapist form, and that gives you a space to submit questions, and it gives you a space to submit suits. Um, the other form is a feedback form. So we invite constructive criticism and invite um, positive feedback, obviously, because who doesn't like some good words said about them? Yeah, so I look forward to hearing from you.